Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Okay, so our guest today is Connecticut-based interior designer, Lils McKenna. Before starting her own firm, she worked with designers Markham Roberts and Lindsay Coral Harper and has since had her work featured in House Beautiful, The Wall Street Journal, Real Simple Magazine, and more. And like her mentors, her style is layered and rooted in tradition. Lots of color, lots of texture. Thanks for joining us. I mean... Thank you guys so much for having me. This is exciting. (laughs) Is that how you describe yourself? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a lot of layers, a lot of pattern, a lot of textures, I definitely am drawn towards a room that has a lot of different elements that make you think. Mm-hmm. Maybe different elements that you wouldn't expect to be together, and that kind of makes you think. And that's certainly what I loved about Markham's work and Lindsay's work um, and how I ended up working for them and learning from them. I just, I've never heard, I don't think any designer has ever responded with interiors that make you think before. I think that's a good descriptor. And... I think our interiors should make us think more than <laughs> we would ever. You know what I mean? They should. They when should. you say they think, good. you mean like, ugh, these people should have thought more? Or <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean quite the opposite. <laughs> um, I, I mean, if there's no juxtaposition in a space, if there's no sort of layering in the patterns, if it feels a little bit too obvious, I'm not, I'm not really interested in that. I want to put together things that draw references for you mentally that make you think, make you wonder if you would have pulled those things together, if you would have pieced those pieces together and make you curious about the person who lives there. That no, I, is beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I, I agree. I feel like the more, you know, the more we do this podcast, the more I realize how thoughtful interiors and designers and the whole process is and how it should be. That's how it should be in terms of like making you think about your surroundings and the like emotional aspects of your space. And but even the intellectual ones, too, you know, like modern art with um, Taryn, you are giving me this weird face like you have no idea what we're doing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me focus. I'm, I'm listening intently to you, Caroline. Keep going. I know. I was no, listening. don't you think? I don't know. I feel like studying interior design, you it, you realize it's more intellectual, I guess is not the right word, but nuance. Think, nuance. Yeah, then you think it is. Sorry. I, I just Karen, love you when, take you, when you see, when you visually look at a room, and again, we all do this, and we're like, oh, I love this. And then you have to break it out piece, but you're like, wait, why? Why? Yeah. What what in here? And then you look piece by piece to be like, do I lo- I don't even love that lamp, but it like in here, I I love what's going on and why. So to your point, yes, the thinking. The thinking thing. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how did you even get started here? Give us a little background. So I think it started like in my childhood. I came from a really creative family. My grandmother, whom I was really close to, was very interested in interior design. She designed her own houses. 
beautifully. And she read all of her favorite shelter magazines cover to cover every month. She would read all of the coffee table books, all the designers books, landscape architects books, anything she could get her hands on. She would read it cover to cover. It was not a picture book for her. And she was also an amazing hostess. So I learned a ton from her, from antiquing with her and shopping for fabrics with her. And my mom also, she's an amazing sewer. She's an amazing seamstress. She can make the most gorgeous curtains. And she even learned how to upholster furniture and walls when I was growing up. And she owned a furniture store when I was um, in college. So I, I had sort of multiple roads into this career. All roads lead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it was something that was discussed often in our house was homes and interior design and all that good stuff. Furniture. So who did you work for first? So I actually, I originally actually interned for Meg Braff first. And um, I worked for her in New York and in Locust Valley. And then I got a job with Lindsay Coral Harper. And I worked with Lindsay for a while, and it was the two of us in the office. I was the, essentially her design assistant slash project manager, um, and I loved that. And then I went on to work for Markham Roberts. And again, I was just so lucky to get to work for both of them and to learn everything that I could from both of them. They're both so talented. Two of my absolute favorites. Well, it's, So it's no surprise I love yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> No. Well, and you can, uh, to your point, it's, um, you know, it's just so layered and I cannot get over the amount of pattern that you have placed so delicately that it all works into a perfect rhythm. How, how do we do even anything close to that? I think I, I think, well, first of all, the first thing I do for any project is scheme the fabrics. I think fabrics is like a language to me. Like I, it's a medium that I like to work in. So thank you very much. That's very flattering because I do love it so much. I think it's important to look at fabrics in terms of where, like what the original basis was for them. So a lot of chintzes started out as a French chintz or, you know, there's a lot of ecats that started as, you know, a real woven ecat and now they're being made into a print. And so I try to mix different fabrics that are from different origins or different time periods so that we're pulling together something that's not quite so obvious but still really beautiful together and I think the juxtaposition again is what makes it interesting. Now is there a place that someone like me just a simpleton um, can learn about um, all the different patterns and again their origins so that you know I could be better. You could be more educated. Mm -hmm. I think actually Etsy is such a great resource. There are a lot of people who sell antique textiles on Etsy. And so you can search like French antique floral. Mm -hmm. And it'll pull up all these and it'll be like some from the 1930s, some from the 1920s, some that are even older. And it's just a good reference point. Like sometimes when I'm looking for something and I can't find it and I can't, you know, I can't find a current fabric that I think is the perfect filler. I'm like, I know I need a ditzy floral or something like that. I will search in Etsy to see if I can find an antique textile because so many of the good vendors that you see at Brimfield or something have Etsy shops. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's a great resource. I hadn't even thought of for finding certain period mm-hmm. or s- different fabrics. I mean, you can also search on like first dibs, but I I think you might even find better ones on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Etsy is oh, I love Etsy so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me There's too. Such good stuff. I feel like there are two types of people, not not among designers, but among among non-designers. There are people that like pattern and there are people that don't. They're like pattern people and they're non-pattern people. Solid mm-hmm. people, I guess. And <laughs> we'll call them solid people. <laughs> but, you know, like I'm sure you all have like girlfriends yes. or guy friends. 100%. Who, their whole house is all not solid. A pattern. You, yeah, you can't find yeah. anything with a pattern. Mm-hmm. Right. And I... I'm curious, like, I know your answer is that every room should have some pattern. <laughs> but I guess my question is, do you feel like what what should we say to the to the solids, <laughs> you know, um, to win them uh, over? Actually, that yeah, would be such a, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that would be such a good challenge for somebody like me to be like, do a whole room in one in one color. I think <laughs> you just need a lot of texture. I mean, if you're if you really are going to do solids, I actually have a client, one client right now who we're doing sort of like a second home for and they didn't want to buy expensive fabrics. And so we are doing a lot of solids, actually. And the texture has to be nice. It has to still feel like a nice fabric to me, especially if it's not going to have a pattern on it. And then you need to bring in other textures like, you know, you need some plaster in there. You need some sisal or jute in there. You need... There needs to be something else going on so that it doesn't feel like an Ikea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two like, different yeah, locations. Yeah, yeah. All whites sure. and grays. Yeah. <laughs> an Ikea? They don't have no, no. It makes sense. Store. No, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ikea is great, but maybe not for anything. Yes. You know. Well, yeah, yeah, but I just think you don't want your whole house to feel like that. I mean, I think you need something right. in there to break it up a little bit and make it so that not every single thing is, you know gray or white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for people that that don't usually decorate with patterns to maybe introduce? Br- yeah, like branch out, like add some in in ways that maybe is yeah. comfortable. Yeah, I think I think starting with geometrics or with you know what they would call tribal patterns like ecats is a good place to start. Uh, if I I've done a couple of like bachelor pads and we kind of sneak them in that way. Like <laughs> it's like a navy mm. and white, either like a block print that is a little bit more masculine or an e-cat or, you know, something else that's got like a woven pattern that is very, very subtle. Yeah, those seem to be really transitional. Like they, they're not masculine or feminine. They're not modern. They're not classic. You know, classic. right? They can kind of exactly. They can kind of bridge a whole lot. Exactly, of you can kind of blend them in and sneak them in, and yeah. they can be next to a you know navy sofa, and nobody will really think it's you know super pattern <laughs> feminine. <laughs> I mean, you have even mixed fabrics on shades in a room, like you had. Yes, <laughs> you, I'm so impressed. That's what I'm. I mean, even the fact that. There was a lamp next to another lamp in one of your images, and they were totally different, but they like worked so well together. And and or the again, I assumed in my mind you had to have a solid lamp like base, and then you did a any pattern on your shade. No, no, you were like we're just. <laughs> 
You can do it all. And they were so fun. And uh, do you guys know which I'm talking about? The blue and white lamps that then had a, no, that then had a um, pattern shade. Um, I was like, okay. Well, every every lamp had a pattern shade. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just about, yeah. <laughs> Why not? So I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I do. I know which one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the, that particular client, those clients, um, they are super knowledgeable about pattern they're super in, they're really into interior design um so they will go for it right like they'll go for oh, so you went for it then. the pattern on the pattern mm-hmm. which is something that i would do in my own home but like mm-hmm. maybe not for every single client but if somebody is really into interior design and is you know involved in the industry they need a little bit of they a want it push like you know they want <laughs> mm-hmm. that extra mm-hmm thing that's a little bit unexpected and um, allows them to incorporate all different favorite patterns. But the thing that I think you did so well in this, because again, you use pattern everywhere. If I have it correct too, it was a peach wall. Like the walls were solid actually, which again, you don't do too often in all your work. Um, Right. But so you had this uh, light, beautiful color behind and then you had, again, you started the layering on top. And I thought it was so, so good, again, because your eye was allowed to rest. And then fully to your point, I had to look at everything and be like, wait, do I even like that side table? Oh, I do. <laughs> um, uh, and then, again, same room, I'm pretty sure. The one with the blue sofa, right? Am I yes, yeah, yeah. 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 You had two different side tables, which, again, yes. Most people, I'd walk into a room and be like, those don't match. What's going on here? Um, <laughs> Where one is round on a pedestal. Yes, and the one's other a black is, round pedestal. Yeah. And the and other, the other is, is very mm-hmm. kind of boxy campaign. Yes. Open campaign. Yeah. yeah. It's still simple, though, for me. <laughs> that side table is simple. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't. It did not feel unbalanced. Like, Thank it you. Did, it didn't feel wrong. How do I do that? ready go (laughs) so I think um, in that particular room we actually kind of needed that shot of black in that room because it was getting very feminine in the colors and so sometimes if I if I feel like we're veering too far in one direction I have to kind of push a client especially if they lean a little bit feminine like we really need this like more modern element or or this shot of black in this pink and blue room and I think that having the pedestal and then having the sort of Parsons table they balance each other out because one is so square and one is so round they're different shapes entirely so they're not competing with one another and they're not like an almost match no not at all you don't want them to be an almost match and look like you messed up (laughs) (laughs) well no I thought that was such a great just a great learning from looking at, again, studying your spaces. And I wanted to note that in case somebody was, you know, had two different ones or something. Right. Yeah. And I'll always remember Miles Red said, if you can't paint it black, put it back. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think he had the same mentality too of, I don't know why that that line stuck with me. But I remember being like, oh, so if it doesn't, yeah, if it doesn't work in black, I don't need it. So no, I mean, it, it, it does You need help. to give context to that quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do? <laughs> like, was it? it was around shopping for antiques. Like, Well, he was saying right? he would find things on the side of the road. Miles. <clears throat> right, right, right. He was right, like, right. in New York City, you know, people are throwing stuff out. And he's like, if it doesn't work by me painting it black, 
Then right. I just if the shape then doesn't to, work. Keep yeah. walking. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. But if yeah. I could paint it black and it would work, I'll I'll yeah. haul it home. Is what he was stating. <laughs> but of course, right. I worded it. Uh, sorry. Context. No, no. Context. <laughs> <laughs> I I see what you mean now, Caroline. I didn't think ahead. And um, do you have any rules for sconces? Like, because you ha- you pretty much have them next to most beds. It looks like yep. in your work. Are there any rules with putting them next to beds? Any height rules, width rules, size? So I usually hang them about 48 inches off the floor. That's where the See, that's box very goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that <laughs> might be helpful to someone out there. I don't know. Uh, but, yes. you know, that changes if the mattress height is, you know, not this normal mattress, not where I normally put the mattress. Oh, wait. But, What's um, a normal mattress height in your mind? So... It can be dictated by the bedside tables. If you're starting with the bedside tables, you need okay. to meet it. You need to meet mm-hmm. pretty much the bedside table. You don't really want to be like above the bedside table. So, so chicken or below egg. it or meet okay. it. Mm-hmm. But I really like like around 26 to 28 inches for the mattress height. Okay. So and I like I like a taller bedside table like 30 inches would be my ideal. Oh. Okay. okay. 28 to 30. So then your lamp is another 18 inches above your side table, essentially. Because if you think about it, you're reaching up to turn it on and off, but mm-hmm. you're. I've you really need the light arms. to come down. <laughs> you need the light to come down for reading. Yeah. You don't want no, it that to makes be. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, the only rule I would say I have about the sconces themselves is that they can't be too deep. Like they can't project out from the wall too much so we sometimes put library lights next to a bed and we have to have the stem cut down oh. because they're not made to the right length for for sitting mm. there but no see that's very important and they looked so fantastic um that i wanted to know so i could do it myself thank you <laughs> um okay and then sconces next to a vanity mirror so anything in your bathroom is there a certain height you do on those as well or you know width, i or I don't have a certain height I pick for those. I actually usually ask the client to come and tell me if they like the height. Mm-hmm. And we kind of hold up a, a we like hold up <laughs> a, um, a, what do you call it? A flashlight um, so that they can see what's the light going to be like for doing their makeup. It's so specific mm-hmm. to your own height. And I yeah. am not tall. Mm-hmm. I'm 5'1". So... <laughs> Often, I think it looks great, and then I'm like, oh, that light is not going to work for my client who is six feet tall or around there. (laughs) So we have to test that one out. Okay, that kind of leads me to another question, though. So as a – here you are working on your clients. How – where do you hang wall art, or do you make someone else also? Because you're supposed to do that to – I, you know – Yes, you are. You are. But I like it. I like the center. Well, obviously, this always changes because sometimes, you know, a piece of art needs to be hung at a different height because there's another piece of art or whatever. But I like 60 inches as the center line for somewhere between 60 and 63. I was with an art installer recently who said 58 was actually the correct height. So 58 inches off the floor. So I am actually going a little taller than you're supposed to Mm. since I'm around 60 inches tall. (laughs) I did not know that. But that's where I like it. Uh I like 60 to 63. Mm -hmm. No, I know that varies. Yeah. Okay. We're just speaking of height. So I was wondering, too, if that would vary. Because you know when something's off in someone's house art-wise, but you can't put your finger on it. 
I feel too like it it depends on the piece you're hanging it over. Like definitely to me, if there's more than like 10 inches between the thing you're hanging it over and the art piece, it's like it's floating. It's like not connected. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I was actually just at a friend's house and we were in like the man cave and I could tell he hung it himself. (laughs) And I'm like, this is so like this is above the window. Like Caroline, he <laughs> hung it. That I mean, no. that's true. That's at least it was on the wall. Given props for hanging it, but it was yeah. above the door casing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys! My husband has learned to to just not even mar- measure anything out until he's like, okay. You tell me where it goes. So what? Oh, definitely. I feel so good about that. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to talk about your rooms in general because there's definitely such a comfort and a, a lived in feeling that you give to you, all of your spaces. And for anyone out there who's going to your Instagram or finding your work online, you know, you see these interior photos and you would never know that the space exists in Manhattan or is a blank slate or, you know, a, a new build or a reno because they feel like they're found in old world Europe. And I feel like that kind of comes from that that layering of the chintzes and like these these details and all of these things that are in conversation with each other. And then at the same time, they don't feel stuffy. Like they feel they feel really fresh and and new because, well, I mean, there's this whole term out there that's called grand millennial. Yeah, which mm-hmm. familiar with that one. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to find out what is your your take on this term and for our listeners that aren't familiar mm. with it, it a lot of a lot of it seems to be about younger people designing in spaces that are hearkening back to like grandparents decor, like things that are familiar in in that in that way of like layering fabrics and ruffles and skirted sofas and you know, layering in antiques and chintz. Right. Chintz, right. Chintz, chintz, I chintz. actually I love this term. Because I thought it really, it was is the perfect name to put on something that was definitely happening. Obviously, there was obviously a movement amongst millennials who were um, sort of mimicking their grandmother's style. I think that the spin I have on it is that my grandmothers both actually have amazing taste and <laughs> it's they, not just any grandmother <laughs> but but i will say they both they lived through the 60s also so i think to say that it's like doilies and chintz only is wrong mm, because right. there's actually another layer in there that is more modern shapes and definitely like a 60s influence that it is apparent in the spaces and in the clothes that they wear that I think is important to add in there because to me, what is so chic about that generation's homes is that they're collected, clearly collected over time through several different style periods. And that has made them all the more interesting. And so I think that to me, it was flattering to be called a grand millennial because I don't associate it with like granny chic in the way that you would think of it in like a bad 80s movie right of <laughs> like doilies and like, whatever like bad lace collars which are back by the way so you probably shouldn't say that but <laughs> oh no I went straight back to Laura Ashley like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. but I think that there's like a way that the pendulum has swung back and forth style wise that they were kind of in it all and so 
that to me is what makes it chic, not being like fully in Laura Ashley mode and, and going mm-hmm. totally nuts with all They of were that. mixing yeah. it back then. And so yeah. just mixing it now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like that's such a good point about them living through the 60s that I hadn't really thought about it, but it's so right. Like, and even more importantly, important for people who do love a traditional bent on something in their own home that they're doing today to not forget that you should incorporate some of those more clean. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, and I hate using that word modern because it's really not right, but like right. streamlined yes. pieces. Simpler pieces. Because you don't want it to well. look like yeah. a stage set. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't want mm-hmm. it to look like it's over the top traditional everything was purchased at the same antique store yeah, or from Laura right. Ashley yeah. kind of situation. <laughs> like it's like a museum where you walk, you know, you walk in right. like, and this is how they lived in 1920. And you're like, exactly. <laughs> okay, grandma didn't buy anything past when you got married. Exactly. Um, yes. I think that's what people think when yeah. they hear, when they first read or hear about grand millennials. And it is not, it was not what my first thought was at all like I was thinking like oh yeah we're all millennials so all of our grandmothers lived through Mm -hmm. several really important style decades you had I want to go back to wallpaper and pattern because you have um such great wallpaper so one I saw there's a I feel like there's been a trend of these more vertical line patterns on walls recently I don't know if I'm just reading it and like picking up on that if it's not like you have the one that's like a green branch that goes out and then there's the hydrangea mm-hmm. one that everyone's been doing that also is in vertical is there a reason is it like when we get dressed we don't wear horizontal stripes is it, is it a similar situation <laughs> going on makes the room look long and lean so the room you're talking about that has that espalier pierre fray wallpaper that is the it's it is like vertical um finds sort of uh that room is in manhattan and it overlooks a skyline and the client loves florals so i was trying to bring in a floral element but still mimic the verticality of the skyline that was happening that was such a cool view i think if i had put something that was super viney or sort of like a ditzy floral in there you might have lost some of that connection to what's happening outside even though it's not a super urban paper i love that idea of like looking outside to inform inside yeah i think it's important I, a lot of i think a lot of what we end up doing in design has to be informed by something. We have one million decisions to make on every house. So it has to be start somewhere. <laughs> right. And if you've got good views, like definitely maximize those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was also that gorgeous paper. And I don't know if it was the actual paper or if you added a trim, but the paper, the the vertical trim on the wallpaper. Oh my God. It's, it's like, it looks like a grass cloth with a, with with an applique horizontal yeah with that's the what it applique looks like. trim yeah. it yeah. is so it's a vinyl grass cloth actually and then we took a striped fabric by Les Indien and um, we backed it and then we had the paper hanger trim it so that we could run the stripes at the exact width that we wanted them to be around the room why vinyl grass cloth so that home is some is a home that a couple different family members are using throughout the year no nobody lives there in full time 
So it needed to be pretty, like, you know, kid-proof, family-proof, whatever you want to call it. So instead of using a real grass cloth, we used a vinyl faux grass cloth. And then we, with the stripe, we basically, like, stain-treated it and backed it so that it also is... is uh, everybody proof I don't even want to say kid proof because sometimes it's not kids yeah. <laughs> and then we could create our, a custom mm-hmm. stripe which was really fun that was super so bright. cool is mm-hmm. the Thank vinyl you. grass cloth I'm just asking is it really pretty in person like feel pretty similar to it does you know I've used it a bunch because it's such a good solution for like kitchens too mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it really looks real I think okay. you have to get pretty close to it and even when you do even if you, you know, even if you know that it's not real, it's actually a beautiful texture sort of in and of itself. So I always think if something's supposed to be like a faux version of something, it kind of needs to be pretty on its own, even if it, like, even if somebody mm-hmm. knows mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. not real. And I do think that that one's by Tebow, I think. Their, their vinyl grass cloths are really pretty by themselves. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. You also did another detail where you did a wallpaper throughout on all four walls and then you did a different wallpaper on the ceiling of a room (laughs) which again I was like I don't know how you did these two patterns again it works so well if I did this I'm sure my husband would be like you're drunk those don't match (laughs) but you did a nice little trim between yes that like broke them apart okay well, how wide was that? What was it? How do I do it? Yeah, that's a real test of my memory. How wide was that one trip? Um, <laughs> no, one I think I, and yeah, it's funny too because it's the, that actual trim is sold in millimeters and it's there's oh. like twenty sizes. But I'm gonna guess it's around a half an inch. Okay, it's it not a full small. inch. Mm-hmm. It's around a half an inch. And in those rooms where we did that in that house, we didn't have any crown molding, and so it was. And the ceilings like had some sort of odd angles to them. And so we needed to add something that would create a sort of a, a line of distinction between the ceiling papers and the um, and the wallpapers. And that tape trim is just so it's it's not even really it's a ribbon, essentially. It's mm-hmm. like a rayon grain ribbon. It's super inexpensive. So, you know, you need 50 yards to do a room like that or something like that and it's it's such an easy add-on layer that you know adds yeah. a little t- tailored interesting so did you do detail. nail heads to put it up or you glue it it's just glued on okay yeah the paper hanger glues it on so what like is paper. like the the reasoning behind the the wallpaper on the wall and the ceiling being different? Like, what are you trying to accomplish by doing that? Is it to make it feel cozier? Is it just for fun? Like, no, you know what? In those rooms, they're like the rooms that you guys are referencing are little bedrooms. So, and the clients again love pattern, love interior design. They're like patrons of the art of interior design. So. I wanted to bring in something that would make it really interesting in those rooms. And there really wasn't enough surface area, to your point about your bedroom, Caroline, Mm -hmm. to bring in all the patterns that I wanted to. So we threw one on the ceiling. And it makes the rooms way more fun to stay in as a guest, Mm -hmm. I think. Oh, Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, Certainly as a a summer or vacation home. Right. Yeah, you don't have the the commitment level that you would in your primary bedroom. Exactly. And in the primary bedroom of that house, we actually used, I mean, essentially solids. We actually used a vinyl grass cloth on the walls, but we did let the eye rest in that specific room. 
after mm-hmm. all of that pattern kind of leading up and into it. Oh, nice. I really, um, I want to just, want, would love for you to talk about mixing high and low because, you know, there was a lot of Ballard throughout, <laughs> a little pepper, peppered throughout. Definitely. And I was just curious, you know, but, and I don't think we're under any illusions, but like there were many splurge-worthy fabrics, shall we say, <laughs> in the same rooms as the Ballard pieces. So, you know, you kind of know like, okay, there's this bespoke element, lots of bespoke elements, yeah. but then there are some pieces like Ballard or, you know, wherever else. And I'm curious where you like to save and where you feel like splurging is really going to be worth your dollar. It's, it's so room-specific for me where to splurge and where to save, but I will say I think if you can splurge on really nice upholstery, which actually all upholstery is expensive, so it's kind of a splurge one way or the other. But if you can splurge on like a sofa that you really love the shape of it, for example, I think that's a great place to splurge. I personally also love to splurge on textiles because I think that brings in an element that's important to me. Um, And then if you can save on something like a sisal rug, I can't tell you how many times I've used the Ikea Sisal Low Halls, I think is the name of it, (laughs) rug. It's $179, I think. And it's like 8 by 10 or something wild. So if I can use that instead of using a more expensive version of that, then I'll certainly pull that in. Um, There are certain things like... Ballard, you guys make these amazing stacking baskets that we use in like every nursery that have the scalloped edge. Everyone uses them in every nursery. (laughs) Because the storage is so good and they go, they can fit anywhere. Um, And so you kind of end up with go-tos like that where it's like, oh, we definitely are going to use those because why would we look for a more expensive version of something that's done really well already by Mm -hmm. Ballard? Like there was, there were a couple of side tables, definitely mm-hmm. one that I noticed, mirrors. Mm-hmm. So that was always fun. I like to play detective. <laughs> when you start, <laughs> when you start getting, when you start getting to shopping for those pieces, and you've already done a couple of custom pieces, you're like, hmm, what does Ballard? What, what could I get a Ballard? No, Don't they have sense. that great yeah. mirror? Mm-hmm. Don't they have that great side table? Those great lamps. Everybody has a budget. Yeah. So yeah. to oh, your totally. point, yeah, we all have our things we want to splurge on that make a space. And then you, like you said, you mm-hmm. got to work with the rest of your budget to make it all work. Right. Right. And also like, you don't want to be irresponsible. Even if you have the biggest budget in the world, you still want to slip in. Yeah. If there's a perfect piece, that's a good price. You want to use that. With, yeah. with the people. Who doesn't love, who doesn't love to like, when someone compliments your outfit or your furniture or whatever, and you're like, oh, my God, I got it for, you know, $20 at, I don't know, wherever, or, like, on Facebook Marketplace, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, everyone exactly. loves to brag about that deal that they got. That, it's it's not um, just pretty. It yeah. was also mm-hmm. a find. Right. <laughs> I'm so clever. <laughs> Should we do a decorating dilemma? Is it time? Yeah. What do you think? It is. And y'all, this girl, Melissa in North Carolina, she sent us a floor plan with measurements. She did. Mm-hmm. She wanted so real smart. answers. Yeah, she really wanted to. <laughs> she was like, no fussing around. Y'all answer this question. Caroline, you go ahead. I don't have it pulled up. And you do. Okay. Yes, I do. All right. So Melissa from North Carolina writes, hi, ladies. I recently discovered your podcast and am obsessed. Thank you. 
We're so happy to hear that. I started at the beginning and I'm currently on episode 18. Well, she's got so a while. Got some maybe now she's finally <laughs> caught up since she finished this months ago. Cataloging all kinds of great ideas for my new build, which is scheduled to be completed in July. Thank you for providing a fun escape from the stress of home building, plus amazing ideas for home decor. My dilemma is this. The new house has a full guest bath on the main level toward the front of the house. The shower tub will be used, so I need to install a curtain of some kind. However, I don't want it to scream bathroom because it will be visible when someone walks down the foyer and into the rest of the house. I would like the bath overall to be fun and immersive yet elegant. I've attached a screenshot. Hopefully you can see it well enough of my mood board with my selections of tile, cabinet, lighting, and mirror. Um, yes, that's a Ballard wallpaper. Oh, great. Thank you. Okay. What would you recommend to keep the shower and curtain from becoming the main focal point? Color, fabric, length, the ceilings are 10 feet and there's a transom window above the shower. Lastly, here are a few links to the bathrooms with curtains that have vibes that could work for me. I appreciate any pontificating you'd like to do on the subject. Oh, you know, we will be pontificating. <laughs> we will give you all sorts of ideas you didn't ask for. Okay. Lils, can you make some suggestions for Melissa from North Carolina? My first thought was actually that she could do a valance and two curtains to sort of actually make it look like a window. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. I haven't done it before, but I've seen it done really beautifully before. But she's got the transom window and I don't know exactly how high like where it sits height wise on the wall um and it might be kind of strange if it was framed out improperly by that valance and two curtains so i decided to kind of scrap that idea and then i think she should go with she had one um example from pinterest that was just a custom shower curtain it was especially long it was hung like on the rod was just hung right below the crown and then the curtain ran um, almost to the floor, kind of like kissed the floor. And I think she should do something like that and she'll probably have to make it custom. I'm not sure if anybody makes ready-made longer shower curtains like that, but I think it would be nice in like an ivory linen with a with a narrow contrast banding on all four sides. That's one of the colors from the wallpaper, like the sand color, the gray. And I would keep that banding narrow because that makes it a little bit more modern, but then it looks at least a little bit more custom, which it is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, basically, it's sort of like creating a wall of fabric. Yes. And just treating it like, yeah. Yeah, because if she didn't have that window, she, she maybe, it, you know, then it would be framing tile and you could almost hang something right there on the wall, like an outdoor mirror or something. But with the window, I think we're, it's going to get a little weird with the if we if you're if it's always sitting open with two curtains. Well, but she could always close it. I mean, I, I guess it depends on how much light she would get elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like if does she get kind of natural light from the hall or oh, wait, no, it's on a it's on a um, it's on a hallway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like attached to the coat closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I guess my, my question for her is how, uh, you know, it's sort of the, she, she's going to have guests. It sounds like it's sort of a powder room situation. And I feel like people always see my powder room in the nighttime when they're like over for dinner. Mm. So you're not going to have natural light anyways. So Right. Interesting. Who, I mean, unless you're, she's not putting her makeup on in here. So it doesn't. I just think as long know. as you have good lighting. 
it will it doesn't yeah. matter yeah right like, right you're never you're never like oh thank god it's sunny out now i can actually do my makeup like to a side angle you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but this is a get i mean that she's not doing no one, she's not doing your makeup in here you know it's really sounds like it's i am about- i'm her guest if i'm over <laughs> i don't know you could do we, your makeup true. in the guest room that has a nice big window I say that because well, but the rental house always... we're in right now, I don't have I, the the window is covered in our bathroom. There's like you're getting no light. What is what is like y'all's routine when someone comes over? Because one of my routines always has been I like zhuzh up the, the shower curtain and I close. What you does know, that put mean? The... You like fluff it? <laughs> Are you ironing? Well, I don't have the it. shower curtain like. <laughs> Pulled closed gotcha. all the time. So you okay? So okay. you so I just make sure okay. shut and like mm-hmm. you okay. know not tucked in all funny. Okay, and, keep going. What else um, do you do? So well, my point is, is like if it's if it's going to be a powder room situation, she's having guests at night. She's going to close the curtains. She's going to like make this dramatic um, floor to ceiling wall. But if she has the, her guests over and they need the light to do their makeup they're just going to open the curtain so right You're i'm right. trying to i'm guess i'm just suggesting like it don't the curtain is movable she can have it both ways mm-hmm. you know yes, she can open correct. it to l- let the light in or she can close it and create this like dramatic curtain wall that feels not she says she doesn't want it to scream bathroom so if she's got this beautiful fabric then it won't scream bathroom when she's like having guests over and it's more of a powder room situation versus a, you know, weekend guest. No? My yeah. guest bathroom, I did I did this. I bought some panels and I sewed them to size and hung them to the top of my ceiling and bought two inside shower curtains that were the right height because those you can find on any website or Amazon or something like that. Um, and then just hung up the curtain and... It looks great. And again, to your point, I it was opened when it was open, and it was, you know, and then it was a wall yeah. with like a pattern when people was closed. So, yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing in our old house. Like I, the window was in the shower, but most of the time it, they were open, but I would close it. And this is what I'm talking about with like judging before people come over, mm. I would, like, go in there, make sure it's closed, <laughs> you know, all the towels are folded nicely and like not rumpled mm-hmm. and that was like yeah my routine before guests i think yeah? definitely the key is hanging that shower curtain as close to the ceiling as possible mm-hmm. i feel like that's that's definitely the key and whether it's whether it's a single shower curtain or you get a double curtain rod and you hang it up that that high well and, and she could always in our old bathroom i put a actual curtain rod on at the ceiling but then you have those just like tension rods that are meant for showers that i would mount like at a normal shower curtain height that was on the inside so when the curtains when the right outside curtains close you don't so I, yeah like it's, oh so you're hanging like a, a liner d- on the on the tension like at rod. 72 inches like where you yes. the, to the height where they Got normally you. are Got, yes I so you just use a, a normal shower curtain liner Yes. Or, you know, some of them are like extra long, but they you, do make extra long ones. Yeah, they do make. But our, you know, our, our our ceilings were like 108 inches, so they don't make liners that long. So <laughs> anyways, point being, you can have two rods. That's all. You've got options. Yes, definitely. But if you have that second rod, you don't want them to sit open all the time. 
That's why I'm not sure if two curtains really make sense in that room is about like whether or not they're how do they live? Like it doesn't make any sense or is it just mm -hmm. sitting closed all the time as two curtains? Mm -hmm. Maybe. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. If it's going to sit as one closed, why buy then, two? Unless yeah, you literally just want it more full looking when it's all hanging right. up. Right. Right. Um, you also can have curtain uh, shower curtains made with pinch pleats, which does make them look mm -hmm. more like a curtain than, mm -hmm. you know, having that buttonhole. Oh, um, yeah. You know, sewn in or the grommet. Right. Mine right, were right. pinched at the top. Yeah. So it looked like drapery. So did oh, you use, nice. um, did you use just like normal rings? I did. And I put the liner on the back side of the curtain. Like I, so it was two paint, it was two pieces of fabric hanging. On the same you ring? You sewed on the, the same ring. No, I did left you, it hanging. Oh, oh okay. So they were separate. Okay, they were separate, but they were literally on the same ring. So they had to move together. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. So, okay, here's my question. Because I... I don't know if it was right. Do y'all, like, <laughs> change sense. your liner? Because I always feel like I have to... Yeah. You got to bleach that thing all the time. Yeah. 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 So that's why I, I didn't sew it on. So I could I could literally open Easily up the ring, okay. bleach that piece, put it back on. Because that, that... Yeah. Full show. That is part of the reason why I had the second rod. Because it's like, if I had to climb up on a ladder and unhook a... Thing at 108 inches every time I, you know, like I would never wash. I do always wonder when people <laughs> make those valances for showers, what they do about the liner. I wonder if that if because mm -hmm. you could sew, you can sew it on. I mean, you can order it by the yard that liner yeah. fabric. You could sew it onto the back, but then you'd have to like get up there and bleach it by hand. Right. Right. So I'm not yeah. really sure. That was one question that came up for me while I was looking. Into yeah, you were this. like, how do you do this? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you could always just do a um. Do the second rod just closer, like, mm -hmm. at the same height as the one rod so you never see it, yeah. you know, yeah. it's behind that balance. And it's really, really high. If this is a guest liners. bathroom and it's legit not used often, you're not bleaching it also. Mm -hmm. it, this isn't, that is true. There's not that yeah, much moisture every day, so. Right, 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 right. Yeah. That's a good point. Good point. I know. I think, I'm we, so smart. I think we pontificated. Yes. <laughs> Twenty minutes on shower curtains. Now you, you didn't all know it was possible. Know. Yes. <laughs> all know. But mm. I do think the shower curtain at the ceiling height is like game it is changer. Pretty. It is. If you I don't so do too. that yet, it is very pretty. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. All right, Lils, can you tell mm -hmm. everyone where to find you, follow you, see your work, all that good stuff? Yes. So my website is lilsmckenna.com and I am at lilsmckenna on Instagram. I think those are the two main spots. Mm -hmm. And it's right. mostly she's Instagram. Great, she's a great follow and your yes. website's beautiful. So if Thank you need you. some pattern inspiration for sure, <laughs> she should be your first stop. Thank you. Yes. I love Instagram. All right. And I forgot to say, Melissa, good luck. I'm excited about your new build. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Send us after photos yes. and let us know what, what you decide about the shower curtain. Ooh, yeah. Because we are invested at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to know. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having Thank me. This you. was really Thank fun. Thank you so much, Lily. Thank you for joining us. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time. 
Happy, Happy Decorating! decorating.